This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock when Edward Hayden takes over and we've got lots more to keep you company all through the day and all through the weekend here on KCLR. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours. This morning on The Bottom Line, it's been a tough week for business and society on the COVID front with news of, unfortunately, further restrictions. We're largely staying away from COVID this morning, except to express solidarity with our colleagues in the business community whose businesses will be hugely disrupted in the run-up to Christmas and to encourage everyone to dig deep, operate safely and together let's get on top of this thing. Later in the programme, we'll be talking to the Chief Executive of Sage Ireland, part of the hugely successful Sage Accounting and Business Software Group. It started as one man and an idea 40 years ago and now employs thousands worldwide and is used by literally millions of companies. With air quality never more important, we'll report from an interesting crane lift which I was fascinated to attend last week. And in the wake of COP26 last weekend, we'll be talking to some local businesses who are walking the talk. We'll meet a woman who is the sixth generation of her family to be involved in the seed business and who is now turning a passion for wildflowers into a new and environmentally positive business. And I'll be talking to a local man who uses 100% sustainable and traceable wood from wind-blown trees to create furniture, useful pieces of homeware and ornamental pieces which are now sold in some of the most prestigious retail outlets in the country. And on the subject of environment, sustainability and the climate crisis, first I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man who finding that the response in his industry to the climate crisis facing us all was largely inertia and inaction, took the bull by the horn so to speak, and gathered both colleagues and competitors in the IT and tech-oriented industry in Ireland and the UK, gathered them together to do something about it, and who now today has well over 100 companies signed up to go carbon neutral by 2030, and his movement is growing. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Michael O'Hara, Managing Director of Data Solutions and co-founder of Techies Go Green. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, John. Uh, Delighted to be on your show. Yeah, first, before we go into Techies Go Green, tell us a bit about Data Solutions. Yeah, so uh, Data Solutions, we're 30 years old uh, this year, actually. Uh, We're an IT distribution company, which means that we sell uh, B2B, business-to-business, and we sell to a channel of resellers um, who sell on to corporate end users uh, and based throughout the, the UK and Ireland. Uh, we have uh, two uh, divisions or pillars, as we call them, uh, one focusing on cloud and the other on IT security. And um, in, uh, through those uh, two pillars, we, um, we represent 14 different vendors. Um, our year end is, is the end of March. And uh, uh, for the year to March 22, uh, we will achieve revenues of in around uh, 90 million euros. Wow. Uh, we're, we're growing, uh, growing 30% per annum. I've been doing that for, for a number of years. And uh, we have 30 employees uh, based in, here in Ireland and the UK. 
and uh, it's a fantastic team mm. uh, and that is the reason really for our success we're a, we're a service company ultimately and it's the, the team that work, my colleagues that uh, uh, are helping us to uh, to achieve the numbers we have yeah now when I introduced you I said that you were met or you experienced a bit of inertia and uh, people kind of wondering what to do in relation to the climate crisis everybody knows there's a climate crisis but there's a bit of kind of oh my god stand back and what we're we going to do about it yeah. is that an accurate characterization uh, absolutely john it is a big problem and um it is actually uh, when we when we started on our journey and our sustainable journey in data solutions it it, it, it was that sort of mountain of information and, and negative information about how, how much damage we're doing to our atmosphere, to our waterways, uh, to our soil, that, uh, you know, you can become a little bit fatalistic and kind of say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do much myself, you know, so it's, it's just so bad that you, you, you know, you don't actually do anything. And, and that, that, that's, that's a real problem. And that was one of the reasons why we uh, set up Techies Go Green. Mm. And listening to uh, the, the, much of the commentary on it, like last weekend, I was kind of galvanised when I heard the General or the Secretary General of the United Nations saying that we've uh, got a, a catastrophe for, hum- for humanity on our hands. And it was just, I think it was the second item on the news. Companies really need to get their act together and go green, to use your phrase. Yeah, yeah, they do, and uh, like um, you know, even if you can just save uh, uh, one ton of CO two, that's one less ton for future generations to have to deal with. And uh, so, yeah, I absolutely encourage everyone, from individuals to businesses, uh, uh, to get involved. Mm. So let's go back to kind of first principles. We know there's a big problem. We know people can feel overwhelmed about it. So what did you do with Techies Go Green and what's involved for companies that sign up to it? Yeah, so um, we, we set it up in March of this year. Um, we it, It's a sustainability movement, you know, and it's focused on the IT sector from vendors to distributors like ourselves, data solutions, to uh, resellers, IT service companies, and any business that kind of uh, works in the IT sector, be it a recruitment company, legal firm, or accountancy firm. Um, But we'll actually work with any business that wants to become more sustainable because, you know, the climate crisis affects us all. It's not selective, and neither neither techies go green be selective there. Um, So uh, we have... uh, Two goals. The first goal is to is to build awareness for the need to change to change our behaviour to become more sustainable. Uh, you know, for for the sake of our children and future generations, really. Mm. And as I say, there's no point in working hard. Uh, all of us working hard to maximise our salaries and our profits. You know, if we end up with in a with a planet that we can't live in, you yeah. know. So bring that back to practical steps, Michael. You've got all these companies, and I'm not too sure how many companies have you got signed up. But like, what we've are you actually doing? We we have 140 uh, uh, signatories of businesses that are, that have uh, signed up to Techies Go Green, and, uh, and they sign a pledge. Is that right? Uh, I'm looking yeah. at your website, and I think it's to go carbon neutral by 2030. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we asked them to um, sign a, a pledge to become carbon neutral, and um, you know it, it's actually uh, it, 
most of these companies are, are service companies and um when you get into it, it's not as difficult uh, as as it appears from the start, but it's no mean achievement at the same time. Mm. So, so we, we, you know, we help them uh, get started on the journey. And for for us, uh, I mentioned earlier, John, the, 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 that mountain of information, that, that uh, negative information, and uh, for us to get them started on the journey, we we'd advise each business to measure their carbon footprint. How do you do and, you that, know, Michael? Well, there's a number of, of websites out there uh, with uh, free calculators. There's a good one on carbonfootprint.com that y- you can uh, enter in. They, they assist you in entering uh, all your information in, and they will measure your footprint. But uh, what we did, and, and if you can afford it, I'd advise, is uh, use a, a consultant. Um, there's a number of them around uh, that will come in uh, measure your footprint. Um, it, you know, it's 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 never one hundred percent scientific, but it is uh, pr- it's accurate, and uh, they can then uh, show you where you're burning carbon within your business. Talk to and us once, about data solutions, Michael, and what's your footprint like? Yeah, so uh, we, as I mentioned, we got a we got a consultant in, and uh, we measured our, our footprint. And in a year, we 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 burn a hundred tons. There's 101 tons of carbon that uh, uh, we burn, and uh, so we want to become carbon neutral uh, uh, using the greenhouse gas protocol. Um, what we did. First thing we did is we had a gas um, heating system, a fossil fuel heating system, and we changed that uh, to a much more efficient electric heat pump solution. Uh, We installed two electric uh, car chargers, and uh, we changed two of the company vehicles to fully electric, and uh, we we moved, and I'd recommend every business to do this. Uh, It's very easy to do. It takes about a half an hour. It's to move to uh, green energy tariffs, uh, I'd say nearly all uh, the electricity companies operating in Ireland can offer you a green energy tariff, and um, I'd say I'd, I'd recommend that. And when when we have one more vehicle, the company van, and when we change that, we will be carbon neutral. Wow, but, and that's uh, since March, is it? Uh, well, actually, uh, you know, we, we, we you started, started a bit before year. that, yeah. yeah. But I've done a rough calculation, Michael. Um, if you get 140 companies uh, multiplied by 101 tonnes on average, which may not be the average, but that's 14,000 tonnes that you, since March, should be responsible for removing. The pledges for 2020, uh, 2020, sorry, the pledges to achieve this by 2030, how soon can you all achieve it by if you get together like you're doing? It's, it is absolutely very achievable, John. It's, uh, you know, if you look at it and, uh, from where we are today, it might s- seem a lot, but uh, by 2030, it's, it's very achievable. I mean, you, you know, uh, I operate in the IT industry and, uh, you know, I've seen in a 10-year period the, the likes of the smartphone, you know. Revolution. Get, yeah, it's grow into billions. Companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook go from nothing into multi-multi-billion organizations. So over over that period of time, it is absolutely very achievable. So that's a, a message of hope, Michael. Your number one piece of advice to people who want to go green? Uh, get started on that journey. 
measure your your, your uh, carbon footprint, and then you'll be able to identify areas that you can attack and and reduce your your uh, emissions. Okay, Michael, thanks for joining us this morning. That's Michael O'Hara, uh, who's managing director of Data Solutions, but also co-founder of Techies Go Green. Thanks for that, Michael. Thank you, John. Cheers. That's uh, Michael O'Hara, as I said. Now, coming up after the break, we'll be talking to Barry Murphy, who's Managing Director of Sage Ireland, a company part of a global network which started up as a simple idea uh, by one man 40 years ago and now employs 12,000 people around the world. Stay tuned to The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie John Purcell with you on the bottom line and great to chat to Michael O'Hara there and to hear a bit of hope about tackling the climate crisis and how he and his uh, colleague companies in Techies Go Green are making great progress at uh, reducing their carbon footprint so don't don't sit there and feel overwhelmed by the whole thing get stuck in and let's solve the problems now sage is a multinational company that provides accounting payroll and payment systems used by tens of thousands of businesses around the world and employing an impressive twelve thousand people around the world but it started off small uh, earlier this week i caught up with barry murphy who's the managing director of sage ireland to talk about sage and its services and i start by asking him to tell us a bit more about the history of the company Absolutely, John. And, and like many of our customers that we serve, Sage began as a small business in, in Newcastle in the northeast of England uh, 40 years ago, actually, now. And it's grown beyond what seemed imaginable then, um, as you say, with over 12,000 employees globally and, and millions of customers around the world. And actually, we're in Ireland now for 22 years at this stage. Um, but we've a 250 strong team in our in our Irish headquarters in Leopardstown, and that's that's 250 direct employees all working remotely. But that doesn't include the business partners and accountants that we work with. And actually, one of our largest accountant partners are here in, in Kilkenny City, O'Neill Foley. So a big, a big hello to Deccan and the team there. But um, I'd say, Jar, from, from a customer perspective, we'd be the largest provider of business management software solutions from that fairly small beginning to now where even in Ireland and, and in multiple countries around the world, we, we supply you know the largest amount of business management software solutions to SMEs here. And, and actually, again, some local customers include Hotel Kilkenny and the Irish Wind Farmers Association, Halo Care and, and the Young Irish filmmakers, all local businesses in Carlow and Kilkenny from those humble beginnings that, that use our products and services so they can focus on their front of house needs and their business growth strategy or, or operations rather than the admin side. Mm. So that's really kind of like the, the start and now where we are today. Yeah, now the company founded, as you say, in 1981, presumably a lot of, uh, you know, payroll, accountancy uh, and so on back in at that time was paper based. And so the whole your company has grown in parallel with the explosion of online and software and the digitalization of business. Absolutely, and I and I think that the, the digitalization of businesses are is continuing onwards. You know, and I think from from to your point on those fairly, you know, um, paper based operations, which still are prevalent in the market at the moment. You know, we still have a lot of of businesses op- operating that in that format still, but I think a lot of that's becoming more and more automated, and the introduction of 
artificial intelligence and then the introduction of machine learning and, and linked to that are all these digital networks. This is now becoming the admin burden is is getting removed from businesses more and more and then that allows them as i said just to really focus on on the direction of travel of their core business yeah talk to us about the main areas uh, of the sage business and the sage services to clients and small medium and even large businesses payroll is one of them accounting is another just give us the rundown of the breadth of products and services you provide yeah i mean if you if you take our core part of our business um which the, the products that we would deliver directly into the market now um, we would have um, you could you consider from the actions of capturing info like bank statements or invoices or employee expenses or reconciling supplier statements we could do this through or one of our customers could do this through auto entry which is a sage owned product and this can basically deliver those in buckets which are easy to use uh, and now it's delivered in a mobile friendly format which is what most small businesses want to use or they could use cloud-based sage accounting to manage their accounting needs and give them valuable real-time insight based on their business performance so this this manages tasks from receipt capture automating bank feeds invoices and cash flow and, and paying staff you know is obviously critical and again you can sail through a simple process using our cloud native payroll solution which is ideal for businesses from one to 100 employees some of our other products would have a, a wider um, capability that could you know go up to business of the size of a typically up to 500 employees and then if you link this back then a lot of businesses want to get their accountant to get a bird's eye view of their business um, or maybe the business wants to reconcile with their with their bank automatically. All of these tools are relatively and readily available and easy to access. And then this information, this technology, allows businesses to make they can make fast, informed decisions anywhere, anytime, anywhere. And and I suppose because payroll and accounts and automation are relevant across all businesses, as you say, we work with businesses, you know, probably up to around the five hundred employee size will be the, 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 the max that we would go to. Mm, at the whole world of payroll, it must have been quite a cutting edge, I suppose, in the last 18 months with the introduction of quite complex uh, payroll support mechanisms from governments and so on. How did your company adapt to that and, and meet the needs of your clients? Well, we we had ha- we have had a, a a period of extraordinary challenges for Irish businesses. I think um, we pride ourselves on enabling businesses to you know focus on their core business and not have to worry about you know things like compliance when it comes to that um and and i think the other impacts from the pandemic and and just that brexit they you know they've posed real operational challenges to to a lot of our customers um but I think a lot of the a lot of the changes and a lot of the impacts that have been there that we we've seen we've recently commissioned uh, research among Irish small businesses particularly, which found the majority of business have, have you know quite a positive outlook for what's coming um, and and a lot of them are already reporting improved trading conditions. But a lot of those businesses have turned to online tools and resources in some capacity, which is obviously you know, part of what is our core offering. Um, you know, with 93% of them have turned to online tools and resources, as I said, but 
they're beat at making their products and services available online or accelerating digital transformation or introducing online sales or e-commerce platforms. I think the the some of the things that came with COVID absolutely were uh, very, very challenging for businesses. I think that you know we had to react and look at ways to support the you know the employment wage subsidy scheme but you know or various different mechanisms that were presented up to businesses but as i said that's our core business that's that's what we do we have to take that worry away for businesses and allow them to move on and and even beyond that you know these some of these things still go on or anytime there's a new budget for an example we would have to react accordingly again to make sure that our customers you know that the impact was was negligible if at all mm. um from the back office element of it at the, at the very least so it's it's our core business john to be to be always matching and tracking these changes yeah you mentioned automation earlier on uh, presumably that's got a lot of benefits but i would imagine that many small and medium sized businesses uh, won't have much of an idea where to start on automation how can you help them along that path to save time so that they can look at their core uh, competencies that they need to develop to drive their businesses? I, I think it's fairly straightforward from, from a, a specific action that a, a, a small business owner could take is, is literally get engaged with us. You know, they could look us up online or, or, or contact us over the phone and get some advice or contact one of our partners or one of our, our accountant partners. Um, I think this is, is something that, that this um, is a challenge for some businesses to actually find the time to invest um, in modernizing their businesses and and automating parts of their business or the entirety of their business. Actually, I think a lot of this now has become um, a lot easier for for all businesses. It it used to be um, larger businesses would look at this as a way of, of driving efficiencies through their business. Actually, all of these tools now and these cost-effective solutions. They're available to business of all shapes and sizes, and you see them in the consumer world too all the time. So I mentioned when you know we talk about artificial intelligence, but we see it in the consumer world. But this is now re- you know really and readily available for, for businesses, small businesses across the spectrum, um, which is something that I think you know a few years back you, you wouldn't have thought that would be possible you know and, and I think what in our core business let's say you know I'll give you an example take the, the period close that a business or an accountant typically performs now that's the, the monthly quarterly or annual accountancy closes I mean really right now the question's got to be asked is why do they happen at all and it's, and it's because we need the time to reconcile all of these different data feeds but but why can't some technology do that and remove that burden, which can you know uh, removes the, the uh, a lot of the errors that can happen as well as as businesses try to manage that themselves. But as I say, actually, it is it, now the time for businesses to get to using you know these type of solutions. It's incumbent on a business like ours, like Sage, to make sure that. The, the, the time to value for a customer is, is really fast. It mm. has to be fast. It has to be core to our business. It has to be quite intuitive. Um, so all those steps are less intimidating and and quite seamless and intuitive, actually. Barry Murphy, Managing Director of Sage Ireland. Pleasure talking to you this morning. And thanks for joining us on The Bottom Line. Thanks, John, for having me on. 
That's uh, Barry Murphy, who I spoke to earlier on uh, during the week in an interesting chat with him. Now, good news for uh, employment in Kilkenny. Modubuild, uh, the local company who we've spoken to, Kevin Brennan, before on the programme, they're recruiting at least 100 extra staff. So well done to them and best of luck to Kevin and the team at Modubuild. And of course, to Zumae Germain uh, of Microgen Biotech, another regular guest on the programme, who next Thursday are both up as finalists in the EY Entrepreneur of the Year competition. And congrats too to Unamin Carlo, who received the Excellence in Talent Development Award at the 2020 Technology Ireland Industry Awards uh, lately. They've uh, increased their staffing by 50% in Carlo over the last two years, despite the pandemic. And they say they have further plans for expansion. All good news on the business front in those areas this particular morning. Coming up, we've got lots more of interest on the programme. Do stay with us. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the programme, I was fascinated to attend a crane lift, uh, something I wouldn't normally be attending, in the centre of Kilkenny City recently. Here's more. Paul Broderick, we're here on the roof of the Pembroke Hotel in Patrick Street, Kilkenny. It's Monday afternoon, it's absolutely glorious, but you've had a most unusual afternoon. Big crane lifting a two-ton piece of equipment onto the roof. Tell us what it's all about. So yeah, very interesting Monday. Um, We're closed for a few days just to facilitate some uh, renovation works, but this unit is now going to replace all our old air conditioning units, which pretty much just recycle the current air in the room. This now is going to be able to pull really fresh air from the outside but with this heat recovery heat exchange unit 80% of that air will be recovered and it'll be able to just give this really good ambient safe air temperature in the room and of course air quality pre-covid i suppose people just really had it divided into too hot or too cold but the air quality is really critical now uh, towards reassuring guests uh, i would imagine now that we're in the covid era it's really all about ventilation like that's the kind of the key piece for 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 safety and unfortunately a lot, a lot of buildings they're just recycling air so they're relying on maybe opening windows and opening doors and this kind of stuff so we'll be able to in winter now when it's cold we'll be able to bring in cold air from the outside but with this new heat exchange we'll be able to really efficiently you know heat that temperature because if if you're relying on heating it cold air coming in you just wouldn't be able to pay for it, it would make no sense so look we're i suppose we're really lucky that we can offer this to to keep it for the safety of our staff members for safety of customers that are coming into us to offer this really safe environment now the whole covid era um i know the hospitality industry has had huge uh, challenges i know coming up here you have touchless lifts we've spoken to you before on the program about all the technological measures you've put in place to kind of maximize the safety just refresh us about the different measures you've put in all to do with covid yeah so we've reimagined the whole guest experience from from every touch point so from just from arrival there's actually a fingerprintless arrival so doors open all automatic uh, elevators or gesture controls control with your mobile phones again customer doors in the bedrooms are all mobile phone operated so to get to your bedroom you don't actually have to touch anything and then likewise in our public areas all doors are open there's elbow operated toilets all uh, automatic hand sanitizers automatic soap uh, and uh, paper towel control so like it's literally 
one of the most safest environments for me just personally even as a team member of the Pembroke to be in but as a customer it's actually unrivaled. Um, a huge amount of investment involved an investment based on return on investment of course hospitality was at a standstill for months how's it now? Um, yeah like if, if you looked at the investment you if you probably looked at the, the cost of it you would never do it because it, it is a massive massive cost but our, our ethos here is, is long term and it's about safety it's safety of our customers and safety of our team members so you know and we've had a good year to be fair you know uh, the domestic market's been really really good and uh, we've got some um, really positive summer so winter is even ending good as well and we're, we're able to facilitate some further renovation works and the purchase of this brand new air handling unit so so the future is bright um, you mentioned that the hotel is open for a couple of or closed for a couple of days it'll be open again at the weekend I understand that must be quite a challenge for for operations opening and closing so frequently yeah look we, we just took the view to open because we had some um, business already booked in that it would have just been difficult for the customers to rebook anywhere else so we're going to reopen Friday I'm uh, going to have a really busy weekend for everybody and then we're going to take a some team members are going to take a break while construction happens and we'll reopen then pre-Christmas uh, just the week before uh, just the end of November uh, How are you looking ahead to next year? 2020 I'm delighted to hear you saying it's a good year because this time last year it was absolutely looking apocalyptic How are you looking forward to 2022? Yeah, look, we've, 2022 is, is um, no one can really call it yet, but we've a lot of base business already, which was pushed forward from 2021. It couldn't happen, so we're already going into the year with about 25% occupancy, so that's very positive. Uh, rates are good. You know, we, we've got a full team here at the hotel here, and we're expanding. So, so no, look, as positions could go, we couldn't actually ask for a better one right now. And Kilkenny, uh, a pretty resilient destination. Uh, what about overseas visitors slowly coming back? How do you see that? Yeah, again, the American market kind of has drip feed back in again in the last few months. Um, 10% of our bookings from next year are from overseas already. So, yeah, look, they, um, they're coming. Um, it's just We just don't know what's going to happen with future further restrictions and destinations. So it's really all about that, really. And coming up to Christmas, uh, you would hope that this Christmas ahead of us will be better than last year. Look, that's the plan. We've 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 big. We're we've a team gearing to go to look after people. We've got a brand new kitchen. We've got a brand new event space. We've got these really safe environments for our customers to come and have whatever experience they want. We can deliver. So it's really just about what's safe. The bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Now Julie Power is from a family who've been in the seed business for six generations and she's just set up a new company which aims to raise happiness levels by introducing birds and the bees to Kilkenny, Carlo and beyond. Julie joins me on the line. Good morning Julie, tell us about your new business venture. Morning John, thanks for having me on. Um, Well as you said, I'm the sixth generation now of the family to be in the business so um, it's really exciting to be able to carry on that tradition. Um, my great-great-great-grandfather, William Power, he set up um, his first flower seed merchant and nursery in 1859 in Watford. Um, and ever since then, uh, my, uh, my family have been in the agricultural seed business, um, and they still are. But I decided to come back and join the business um, about two years ago now. And my interests and passion was a little bit different. So they've always been into agricultural seeds. 
I was more so into sustainability and biodiversity. Um, so I did still want to stick with where the expertise was, and that was with seed. Um, but I decided then to go into wildflowers. So um, we set up our production crops in Fleetleg and Watford, and we started trading online, which was also quite different as well. Um, the family have always been in wholesale um, selling, so to go online was completely different. But it's been going really well, and I'm really enjoying it. And recently, um, we expanded our offering, and we added um, Irish wild bird food to um, to our range. So. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, and and it's a business that's very in in tune, I suppose, with the needs of the world at the moment as we gla- grapple with the with the climate crisis. How's the business going? Yeah, really well. Well, see, like we joined, we started in actually quite a good time for us. It was an online business and it started at the very start of the pandemic. So everyone could only really access things that were online anyway. And um, people are becoming more aware of biodiversity and um, helping our environment. And not even that, but wellness as well. Like wellness and biodiversity are so much more than buzzwords now. They're a way of life. Um so it really was at the right time and um, yeah it's going well I suppose because of that Yeah and, and is there a good business in it because um, it is just seeds at the end of the day and like you would need to sell a lot of seeds I suppose to to make a viable business Yeah um, I think a lot of people would have noticed the wildflowers growing kind of everywhere this summer like everywhere you went the county councils were, um, were sowing areas and People with new built houses, instead of doing a whole entire lawn, they were dedicating areas to wildflowers. And even businesses, they're looking for corporate gifts. So um, we have a product called Wildflower Seed Pocket, and we custom designed them with business um, branding. So they were given out as promotional tools and um, as gifts for for their clients and for their colleagues. So um, that all went really well. But um, yeah, look, even farmers now, there's um, there's funding out there for farmers to grow wildflowers on their land um, so yes there is um, a big market out there and we've even found that the market uh, that the demand is outstripping the market um, so that's really why we decided to set up um, our, our production crops because really anyone can just buy and sell some wildflower seed but there isn't enough wildflower seed on the market uh, to supply the demand mm, I mentioned at the outset you're uh, the sixth generation of the family of the power family to be involved has that heritage and that history been of huge help to you it really has i've had a huge amount of support to be honest um i have a small team um myself my colleague patrick and lavina and um uh, beyond that then there's a lot of support um so my dad is still in the business and he like has always been in the business so his knowledge of seed is really really it goes back really far and even my granddad i go down to him on the friday on fridays for a chat and kind of update him um, and he talks about what they used to do do. Um, so there there is a huge amount of support and even when i was a child i was always kind of involved um with the business going out to the crops and checking up on them with my dad so um i guess it's been our blood really what about the seasonality of the business? Because I, I would imagine that the, the time for for buying them and actually uh, planting them is quite narrow, or is that just a, a, a kind of a newbie question for someone who knows very little about planting seeds? 
No, that's correct. It is a seasonable, um, with wildflowers, it's very seasonable. So you can sow them in um, spring and in an autumn. Um, so they're kind of the most popular times for buying them as well. Um, but then th- during the other times of the year, just after... Um, uh, sorry, just the end of the spring, we sow the seeds and um, we take in the harvest and then throughout the winter we clean the seeds. Um, but then that's why we decided to add wild bird fruit uh, to our offering because wild bird fruit is kind of the opposite season. So um, most people feed the wild birds in winter and there's no seed sowing going on with the wildflowers. Um, and then when that starts quieting down a bit, then it's wildflower seed sowing time again. Mm. So uh, you've whetted people's interest in it. So where do they find out more about your business? And more importantly, how can they get their hands on some of this seed? Yeah, so we're on, um, our website is uh, connectingtonature.ie. We're also on um, all the social media platforms. um, And that's kind of where we share um, customers' photos and we give lots of tips and hints. um, And yeah, then the seed can be bought on our website. That's fantastic, Julie. Well, listen, best of luck uh, to you with your new venture. That's Julie Power from connectingtonature.ie. KCLR. The heart of two counties. Seven and a half minutes away from 10 o'clock, Edward Hayden just getting ready to take over at the controls just after the 10 o'clock news with Mary and Vaughan. But uh, we still have more to come. Now, I told you last week that Casey Law was honoured to receive the award from Carlo Chamber for Best Business in the Community at the Carlo Chamber Business Awards. And as part of that, we, re- we received a lovely trophy which was made by Carlo Beechwood or Beechwood sourced in Carlo by locally based Ballyshane Wood designs a great local business and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the man who made the trophy and whose business is Ballyshane Wood Designs. Good morning William McCutcheon. John how's things? How are you? Good thanks. Tell us how you got into wood turning and all that good stuff. Oh god it started back what 18 years ago now um, it just happened by chance My about a month before my dad died he'd always said he wanted to do wood turning and about a month after he died I found a wood turning magazine and my mum bought me a woodturning lid and the rest is history. I've been woodturning and woodworking for 18 years now. Wow, fantastic. And you've turned it into a, a pretty handy business, uh, no pun intended, all handcrafted <laughs> stuff. And I was amazed to see you can actually track the amount of times that you touch a, tri- a cheese board before it goes off to Brown Thomas or a swanky store like that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I counted it one day. It was, I think it was about 42, 43 times. Um, because loads of people, when you meet them, they just assume that everything is done by machine. Um, so just out of curiosity one day, I said, let's see how many times I actually do touch this piece of wood. So they're definitely handmade anyway, 100%. Yeah, and tell us how the business is going. I, I mean, I mentioned the lovely trophy that we received as a Carlo Business Award uh, recipient. Um, what other kind of stuff do you do, from trophies to cheese boards to tables? The list. Yeah, so the, the the main business is chopping boards. So we do wholesale uh, retail with chopping boards, and then we have our own website that we do online sales. And we do bespoke furniture. Um, at the minute, there I have a couple of tables that that's on the books. I've I made two there in the last month or two for uh, couples. Um, and then I do still do a little bit of wood turning, but next year I'm hoping to get back to do more just with, with the boards, how well they're doing in the last couple of years. I just haven't had time to do the wood turning. Yeah, now we're talking quite a bit on the programme this morning about sustainability and all, uh, you know, locally produced stuff. Just talk to us about how your business is sustainable. 
Yeah, so over the last 15, 16 years, I've been working with a couple of suppliers who, who fell trees that are either dead, dying or falling over. And that's really important to us because we don't want to be taking down trees that that are, are living or, or there's nothing wrong with them. So a typical week would, would consist of me going up to, to your man's, this guy's yard, and I'd spend a couple of hours, I'd pick out the planks that I want, and he would tell me where the, where that tree came from and why it came down, and then we'd bring it back to the workshop, and we, we, we'd make products out of it, chopping boards or dining tables or whatever it is. But yeah. it has to be 100% sustainably sourced for us. It's really, really important that the tree has to be either dead, dying, or falling over, is what we say. Yeah. And listeners can play a part in the success of Ballyshane and also in the sustainability of your business. How can they do that? Yeah, so um, hopefully, I, as I was saying there, all this year and the last couple of years, I've been buying timber off other suppliers, but I really want to get into uh, buying the timber myself and trees. So if any of your listeners have beech trees, sycamore trees or ash trees that have have fallen over or have come down because they're dangerous or something, I would definitely be interested in buying them off them and giving them a new life instead of turning them into firewood. Mm. Now, uh, I mentioned about Brown Thomas and other um, really well-renowned retailers who are taking your products online but you've also got a lovely website tell us about that yeah, so our own website is uh, ballyshane.com um, and it does really well for us. Um, it, it, it really gives an in-depth story on, on how we how how the business came about and, and about our background and specifically then all our products are named after favourite places of ours. Like, so the Cockney board is Charles' home place. That's where she was born and reared. So it's mm. she has funds for that. But um, yeah, so there's loads of selections. You can see different. We have a bespoke section on it, and you can get engraving. We have our own engraving machine that, if it's a wedding gift or corporate gift or anything like that, uh, like the trophies we done the engraving for for Carla Chambers. Mm. Um, you can personalise it and everything like that. It's all on our website. Yeah, well, look, it's a pleasure to talk to you, William, and well done with your business, Ballyshane.com, uh, and it's Ballyshane Irish Wood Design. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Just quickly there, John, actually, we're in um, Mountain View uh, Market in Kilkenny, actually, if any of your listeners are up that way from the 28th of this month up to Christmas um, down in Ballyhale, if anyone is interested in come seeing the boards in person. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well done, and a big shout out to everybody down in Mountain View this morning. Thanks, William. Perfect. Thanks, William, John. Appreciate it. Talk to you. That's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Remember, if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us, you can email The Bottom Line at kclr96fm.com or you can listen back on the KCLR app or you'll find us in the podcast section wherever you dig your podcasts out for. Thanks to all our guests this week, Michael O'Hara, Barry Murphy, Paul Broderick, Julie Power and William McCutcheon. Thanks as always to Deirdre Drummy who produces the show but thanks most of all to you for listening. No matter what, always remember that when at all possible, keep it local and stay local and something you're going to hear us say a lot more of on the programme in the future. Remember, do your best to protect the environment, live sustainably and reduce your carbon footprint. So until we speak again stay tuned to KCLR stay safe and keep the faith The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.